Welcome to the History of LA SCIA one-on-one sessions. I'm Junior Francis, and this series celebrates the SCIA rocksteady and vintage reggae scenes in Southern California and beyond through insightful conversations with legends and modern day players, including those behind the scenes. This is the 30th one-on-one sessions and our 15th in this new podcast and YouTube channel. Thanks for your ongoing support to all the viewers and listeners. Today, we are joined by one of the most pivotal and central figures in early Jamaican music. He's a composer, arranger, musician, uh, Carlos Malcolm. We are extremely honored and really and truly privileged to have you with us, Carlos. How is everything going, sir? Everything is going magnificently well. Yes, sir. Boy, I know your words. <laughs> I can <laughs> see from here your, your book is in the background. And also uh, this um, pointing to this as reference show you did, I think 1999, just before the start of the new millennium. That's when we met you here in Southern California. And right. we've talked on occasion uh, ever since. You're very good at keeping in touch with your friends, man. <laughs> oh, well, um, what else is there to be but you and the people <laughs> who make your life worthwhile? Yes, sir. I fully agree with you, sir. So let us start uh, with how you um, how you're doing and where you're presently living at the moment. Well, I'm presently in Palm Bay, uh, California, which is right next to, to Melbourne. Uh, we can see the the. the oh, you mean Florida? Florida. Yeah, yeah, I'm in Florida. I'm in Florida. Florida right. Yeah. From my, from my backyard, I can see when the rockets go up to into space. Oh, I thought you was going to say, see Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> the rockets is Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> no, so they can't send rockets here. That wouldn't work, right? Okay. <laughs> and how are you doing? Uh, quite well. I, I hope I'm aging uh, according to uh, the, the progression of life. Uh, I'm not complaining. I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm wearing quite well. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I think I can second that. I've been talked to you a few times over the years. So please take us back to your place of birth, uh, Panama. Uh, your family brought you to Jamaica at a very early age. So I'll let you fill in the rest of the detail. Yeah, well, well uh, my father... Um, like most um, Jamaicans and people or other people from the West Indies went to Panama with the construction of the canal and he uh, was hired as a, as a uh, finally became a clerk working for the canal and so on, then retired and with him and my mother, uh, they became owners of a bakery, which took quite a large establishment. And uh, he also, uh, had training in, in the Anglican liturgy. So he was, a, I always knew him as a choir master. He was always music in the home. Um, and uh, he used to have quite an eclectic collection of music anywhere from the classics, uh, uh, Beethoven, Bozart, whatever it is, uh, down to Count Basie. So I, I always was in, in that uh, atmosphere of music. He took a band to Jamaica called the Jazz Aristocrats from Panama in the early, uh, in the 1930s. And um, 
he took me to Jamaica when I was two years old, and um, he'd been traveling from Jamaica to Panama, built a house in Jamaica, went back to Panama. But uh, the Turkey was, was a kind of a convoluted um, period because of the, the threat of the World War. So he um, took all his family, my, my brother and I, and twins then, uh, back to Panama to, uh, to settle in Panama until the, the, the war um, settled down. So um, I was schooled in Panama um, in, in, in Spanish for my elementary, and then he sent, like most West Indians, send their, in Panama, with Jamaicans especially, send their children back to Jamaica to be educated. So uh, I, um, at the age of nine, he sent me back to Jamaica to uh, Calabar High School, where I, I, I was a board of my brother and I. So that, and that is where I met all these other people that actually, as you can see from my book, um, became instruments early instruments in the formation of the government of Jamaica, which um, became independent in 1962. But people like uh, Wilma uh, Perkins, okay. John Maxwell, uh, P.J. Patterson, who was my very good friend, uh, uh, were, were uh, at Calabar at that time. So, so I, I, I stayed in contact with them also, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Um, uh, John Maxwell in his memoirs uh, remember the, the first week of our meeting at Calabar. He and I had a hair of a fish fight that lasted all day. <laughs> and and um, I, I, I had a, a very uh, interesting experience um, at, at Calabar. Also, meeting people like um, Mike Fennell, who is head of the Jamaica Olympic um, team. And um, I went back to, to Panama uh, when my, my brother did his um, um, senior examination. My mother didn't want to leave me here alone. So that we went back to Panama. And um, I did music in, in Panama, studied music. And uh, my music teacher, after I reached a certain level, introduced me to um, in correspondence from Chicago, University of Chicago. And I went back to, to Jamaica with, with that um, pursuing that um, direction with my trombone, which I, my father taught me because he was a trombonist. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and uh, he played, played, I understand, a mean Dixieland trombone. Um, uh, but he did this as a, as a, a sideline because he, he, he became an accountant. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and he always told me, um, I'm telling you, I'm 
teaching you trombone, but you must always use music as an avocation and not a vocation. <laughs> because you you can't you can't run around the city with a trombone under your arm and make any money. <laughs> so so you you always discourage me from becoming a professional musician. Right. But music, but music always dogged me, would wake me up at night. Yes. And wow. I, I, I tried to read music so many times. I'm glad you. Yeah, once it gets into you, or once you become part of it, I wasn't. I wasn't certain I was part of music until um, it just took over. Because I went back from Panama to Jamaica, in, I think it was '56, and um, I became. Um, I was practicing. Got a, got, got a, um, a day job. Um, in journalism because I was good at, 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 at English. Um, uh, for, for the, the um, West Indian Review, um, who sent me to to um, Frome and Monimus mm. Estates to, 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 to do um, other photojournalists take pictures for the garden parties and show that Faith and life was that own form and monuments uh, were taking care of their workers, so to speak. But uh, and, um, getting those magazines together and um, doing, I was just practicing my music on, on my own and doing a few jam sessions where I could, where I could meet musicians. In Kingston now, jam session. Yeah, I'm in Kingston now. I'm living in Vineyardtown. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember one evening I was listening to, I usually listen to the, the Cuban stations to, and, and play along with the music. But at this evening I was listening to RJR and um, I think it was Roy Reed was the announcer inviting up everybody. If you're a singer or a musician, you can come up um, to, to the station and, and show your, your talents. Um, I think it was Lanaman Candy Hour or something like that, one, one of those uh, sponsors. And I said, you know what, let me, let me go run up to this place and see if I can get on. After I, I jumped on the bus, I'll take two buses, the Vinyatong bus and the Nelly Nurse uh, Avenue bus. And reach up to, when I reach up to the, the um, station, uh, I saw a, 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 somebody just gesticulating, no more contestants. But um, Roy Reed, Look across and saw me with the trombone. I saw some stickers on the trombone case. It's my father's trombone, and he had done some traveling. So he beckoned me across and he says, um, Okay, I'm going to make you the last one now. Mm -hmm. There was Baba Mota on the piano and Ernest Wrangler on guitar. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and, yeah, a nice little combo. So, so when I reached the piano, no, Baba said, oh yeah, Mr. Trombone, um, what are you going to play? So, uh, 
we'd rumble around a few things and I said, oh, um, I play, um, where was, um, I'm in the mood for a row or something like that. And he gave me introduction and I played it down and got quite a bit of, um, uh, of applause after that. But my what opened my eyes was my meeting with Ernest Ranlin, because right after I came off stage, he played a thing called Tico Tico, a Brazilian thing. Tempos way up, and and when they got into it, I saw Ernest with the the, the, the guitar in his hand, not moving up much, the, the left hand fingering, but in the middle of the guitar and and the right hand playing all this um, improvisation, and even looking around the studio and smiling at everybody. I said to myself, no man, this, this guy's a genius. <laughs> He's not even concentrating on the guitar. Like you know, most 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 guitarists do a breaststroke with the left hand because they, they can only get chords in the original positions. <laughs> but he had he, uh, he really impressed me. Anyway, wow. um two Ernest Rangel and Baba Motor got to meet Sonny Bradshaw. And Sonny Bradshaw was Said of the the, um, the Jamaica All Stars that he took over from uh, I think it Buck Rumble was his name, but um, <clears throat> he got all the great musicians from Jamaica uh, in a concert in December at the Caribbean Theater or the War Theater, and, and the fifty seven concert was at the Caribbean Theater, and. Um, so when he came knocking at my gate one morning, he too lived in Minneapolis, and he says, Baba Mota and Ernest Ramblin talked about me and came to introduce himself to me uh, because they told him that I was doing music and I, was a, I could arrange music and I, I could help him um, get the, 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 the band books together right. to a feast man. And, uh, we had a good conversation, and right away we hit it off, Sonny and I. And um, I, I, uh, I helped him uh, put the band books together. Um, we had certain pieces that didn't have enough for a big band, and so we had to expand it and rewrite certain things. And um, the concert came out very well. Mm. Um, and with the concert also, I, I had put um, a singing group together called the High Fives. And it, it was uh, modern jazz pieces. And, and the High Fives did a very good job at the concert. And it was reviewed very well by the cleaner. So the, the next year, that was 57. Mm, 57. Um, by April 58, Sonny knocked on my gate again one morning and said, guess what? Uh, I'm going to a meeting um, with some people. 
the, the mandates want to, to, to um, they're, they're forming uh, the Jamaica Broadcasting Corporation. JBC, um, Independence coming up and, and they, they want to show Jamaican artists in, in uh, a, a more um, sophisticated light uh, to show that we have arts. She said, uh, Mrs. Mandy started her, her art, art um, institute and um, they formed the Jamaica Broadcasting Company uh, Corporation. That time I was working at Spruston's Motors and Halfway Tree Road. And I remember the, the, the afternoon that he, he said he went to the meeting in the morning. The afternoon he called me. No, I went to lunch, came back with my lunch, which was two patties and a ginger beer. <laughs> and, and about to eat my, my second party when somebody from the showroom called and said, Carlos Malcolm, um, Sonny Bradshaw outside at your desk looking for you. So I said, for what? He must be wanted by another Hillman Minx, because Sonny used to drive a Hillman Minx car. So, uh, so I came out and Sonny said to me, guess what? I went to this meeting and these people are not playing around. They want X and X and X and X, and they want to make a studio band. And uh, there's a guy from CBC Canada that want to, um, to, to form this band. He want me to, 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 to help him get the musicians together. Uh, and, and the other thing called Teenage Dance Party, mm -hmm. that he wants to duplicate the Dick Clark um, American Bandstand in Jamaica, because he already did uh, done it in uh, Canada. He, he's from Canada, a big time producer. So um, I told him about you. I said, you go bring him come. I want to, to meet him today. So Tony came down and told me that story. I put down my party and everything, and I walked straight home. I never looked back to that Spruston because I didn't like the job anyway. <laughs> and I went to JBC. Yeah. <laughs> and Sonny, Sonny introduced me to Lloyd, and, and Lloyd said, said to me, uh, you, you're Carlos Malcolm? And I said, yes. He said, OK, you're hired. I said, wait, you know, didn't want to interview me? He said, I don't need an interview. Sonny told me about you. And after lunch, it would take me five minutes to find out if you are the person I want or not. So Sonny and I sit down in the, in the, in the cafeteria for lunch. And Sonny said, we have to impress this guy. So um, Sonny ran to his car and get some music manuscript. And I wrote, you uh, say, so we have about um, 13 musicians to, to, to interview to find out if they can, if they are what, but, um, if they are what um, needed for our studio orchestra because everybody will have to read. Read music. Uh -huh. Yeah, because this time is money. You, you can't go rehearse, you have to read right away. 
So um, I interviewed some of the guys, some of the people, and I said, I, I don't want to come up on the, the, the bad side of anybody, so I will make them um, self-eliminate. I just put on a piece of music in the studio, and I said, well, play that. And most of them go in and look at the music and come back out. <laughs> <laughs> and there were a couple of alpha, alpha, alpha boys, them go in and then play. But but they, they didn't have that musical repertoire that when when um, when Lloyd Brighton say X and X and X, he don't like to repeat himself because in Canada, that's what you get. I want so and so and so. I want a 15 minute bar of a 15 minute sequence of whatever tune it is. And you, you, you have to be a musician that's been at it for 15 years or so wow. to, to, to know exactly what he's talking about. So they self eliminated and, and um, uh, he said to me, um, Sonny, Sonny, Lloyd Bryden and I sat at the table after the musician, musicians had left and he says, I want the best musicians in Jamaica. And guess what we ended up with? Ernest Rangin and a few more guys. And he said, I want to put together a, a, a program called, that we will call uh, Our Gang, but it will be uh, a duplication of the, how they do this show in, in America, where um, the, 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 the show is not actually written, but it, it, is, it is propelled by the, the people in the studio conversing with each other and uh, developing the dialogue of the, of the, of the, of the um, proceedings. Mm. So he went away for, for a few days and he came back for the first day in the studio. And that is when I first met Louise Bennett and, and, and Sagra Bennett and people like that. And Miss Lou is the one that she, she brought her, her um, Jamaica um, Batua poetry and, and um, brought um, a, group, a, a, a mentor group, um, the Jolly Boys. And we put a program together. And Lloyd said to me, um, eventually, you are going to run this program. You have to watch everything I do with a stopwatch. And, and he uh, gave me a stopwatch. And you say, he said, just keep it in your pocket and you see what I do. Uh, I, I, in the studio, I'm like a butcher. But I cut out the best parts of the meat, <laughs> and I'm not I don't hurt anybody's feelings, but I know what I want eventually, and I will show you how to bring out a program at, at 29 minutes and 15 seconds with a 45 second commercial going back up to the hour. Uh, all them things I'm learning now, as and I'm shaking my head, but I don't really understand. But I'm watching him, right? 
and that is how I learned um, music production. And I eventually got into commercials and whatnot. And this is what I, I know you mentioned uh, Hedda asked, asked me to speak about. But um, that, that is how I developed my musical um, right. BBC. So after, after that, um, my, my musical horizons was more to uh, big bands and big production. So, so I eventually resigned from JBC and went on to form the African Rhythms. But working at JBC was a very prestigious position. Oh yeah, I, I was I, I, I was hired as a, as as an arranger. <laughs> so, so all those programs at JBC during that period um, came to me. Uh, I produced most of, of the early artists um, that went away to England, like the Owen Grays and and, yes. uh, and, and Aiken. Um, your early arrangements. I, I, I did all, all of those arrangements, taking them from the, the studio productions, which they used to do out of their heads, really. Uh, you'd get a, 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 a musician on a mic with two horns um, around him. And you sing a song in the world, and then you hear the horns go pump, 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 and the horns would clash because they're two good, great musicians, but you're going to have a train wreck if there is no traffic light. <laughs> you know? You've got to have a traffic light. Or, 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 or everybody has got to know when to go, when to stop. And, and that's what I did with the early records. I, I would uh, put them on manuscript. Yes. And formalize the, 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 the thing that it can sound like a, a, a logical production. Mm-hmm. And, and I was the first person to write down scam. Mm-hmm. So now take us up to the evolution of your house has started. You were there from the very onset, very beginning. Yeah, well, well, Sky well, is really a byproduct of New Orleans shuffle music with a backbeat, with, with an accent. It's originally boogie woogie. Right. Uh, but, but there's a, a strong backbeat on the, on the second and the fourth beat of the measure. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm a great example of that. And it's written within the, 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 the blues, um, within the blues template. An eight bar blues or a 12 bar blues. Mm-hmm. That, that is where Sky uh, has its origin. And, and even to, today pursue that because Sky is blues. It's a byproduct of, of right. blues, New Orleans blues and, and, and in, into Ska. Uh, a great example of it would be uh, Louis Jordan uh, in, in his contract with Decca Records. He did a lot of, of recording, things like, they know about here but us chickens, they know about here at 
that kind of thing with, with, a, with a big back beat behind it, you know? And, and, and uh, the, the, the success of these, these um, productions put into the sport houses of Jamaica, Lower Kingston, from Central Kingston right back to the Rockford area was all mostly uh, Raytown and all those places, sport houses, uh, which catered to ships coming in yes. uh, from, from patrolling the Atlantic and then give them 72 hours after um, leave, surely. They come in on Friday and they have to leave Sunday night. Uh, and uh, they had it so arranged, the Jamaican taxi drivers with sport house, house owners that come down to the ship and, and fill up the cab, take, take them up to sport house. And some of those guys, they leave from ship to sport house and never come back until all the money finish on Sunday night. <laughs> because they had all the white, they had all the girls, and, and, the, and, and food and drink and Jamaica rum and the jukeboxes, that's where, that's where Jamaica, um, Jamaica music come from. It's, it's, from, the, it's from the jukeboxes. Um, and they'd have all these things in the jukeboxes. The, 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 the um, New Orleans blues. Primarily New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and um, after those war years, after the, the, the 1945, April, I think it was, that uh, um, there was an armistice. All the sport houses in, in Jamaica suffered because there's no more, um, there, there's no, no more US personnel. As a matter of fact, and even in Trinidad, they suffered that too. The Sparrows and Jean and Dinah. Yes. Jean and Dinah, Rosita and Clementina. Right. Everything just fell flat. And the, 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 the entrepreneurs from Jamaica, uh, the, the record people that used to work sport houses. They decided to take that music out of sport houses to the people. Mm -hmm. And they, they took them to the beaches and, and various places um, around Jamaica that you would have during the day, you would have a, a beach party with a, with a sound system. That's how people like Coxton develop. You know, and, and, and uh, they, 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 they had the component parts that you find in a, in, in a, an American-made jukebox, like Seaburg or one of them. They, they take out the, the base part, the middle, mm -hmm. um, part, the, the middle frequencies, and the tweeters, and they make three components of, of those reproducing those sounds. And then put they put them in a a, a, a big a, 
structured, a big structure, about five foot six, called a house of joy. When you put those things into the house of joy, and, and, and you hear the, the low bass truck, it, it, it reached your back, the bottom of your belly, you know. So that's it, entirely uh, Jamaican. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is just this is, this is. And that's the birth of the sound system, in a sense. The birth of the sound system. The sound system. See, um, Henry Jones, people like Henry Jones, who would do that uh, the other day. Um, who was one of the early constructors of of, of such a, um, an instrument. But in the House of Joy, uh, you greed and people like that. Uh, they, they made a lot of money uh, producing new music. You have to have new music every week. You can't come back with the same old thing. That's why that's why they, they had to they had to buy up a lot of 45 records from um, Florida. Got a bunch of ships coming from Florida and from New Orleans to produce um, blues music. And this is how people like Prince Buster developed because, because uh, he, he, had a, he had a good backing from, um, I forgot the name of the man from India. But he, he, he was the first to produce uh, Blue Beat Records. Prince Buster. Yeah. And, and um, the, the, all this music went to the, the beaches and they did not have enough new music to, to, to satisfy the public. And, and, and Coxon decided to form its own group of musicians. They are all in the... Um, individual musicians that he got into a studio, but he had enough stuff for them to record. Right. Really. But, but what he did was take something like a Mungo Santa Maria record and take the melody off and, and, and put in an introduction. <laughs> but, but it's copyrighted stuff already. And, and this is this caused a lot of trouble. Um, but but um, in, in duplicating these, these records, these guys got um, regular work, but you would pay them something like two pounds a side, you know. Uh, uh, so you, so, and, 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 and these things would run 10 years. Mm -hmm. For your two pounds, <laughs> you know, and they were exclusive. Yeah, his he didn't have record shop, right? Just dance in the dances. Yeah, there, there, there was no such thing as royalties. Then uh, nobody knew anything about that. As a matter of fact, I, I, I'm not sure of this, but I'm, I think it pays 168 and nothing. I took wings of a dove, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I, wings of a dove is, is, is a 10 measure um, tune. If I had the wings of a dove, or- I know. 
but the middle part of it, mm -hmm. I wrote that. That, that middle part is my composition. Right. And I registered that back in 1962, it started. It was originally a traditional Jamaican traditional song or American traditional it, song. It, No, it comes from the Bible. It, it's, uh, it's, it, 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 it's, um, it, I think it's in, I forgot what song, 54 or 64. But if I had a David is saying, if I had the wings of you, I would fly away and be at rest. Mm -hmm. and, and, and they turned that in, into a Jamaican folk thing with music. But I took that and expanded it right. to 32 bars, I, and I wrote an original um, metaphor for it. And I registered that in 1964. Eventually, I got it in 1964. And Jamaica did not enter the, the, the American Universal Copyright Association until 1995. Oh, wow. So, so, so you know that- It was uh, a catastrophic uh, mistake, man. Whose uh, fault was, who's, that was a huge mistake. Whose fault was it? I don't know, and I'm not pointing my finger. I don't know nothing about it, but I know that the first time Jamaica represented internationally for copyright in 1995. That's just that, like yesterday. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I, and I, I have my copyright certificate printed in my book in 1964. So I don't know what happened in between that. Mm, right. So I wanted to ask you though, about um, what role did in Cuban music played in the early evolution of Skia and beyond? Because you, you mentioned Mongo Santa Maria. Yeah. No, no. Well, Cuban, Cuban music and Jamaican mental music have more of a, a, a connection than Skia. Ska music, ska music, New Orleans. Mm -hmm. that, that's American. But Jamaican mental music um, that, that uh, coming out of, that, that uses the, the, the uh, rumba bass. I'm talking about the not instruments, no, I'm talking about original five piece mental band. Yes, sir. The muse, the muse, the the, the, the iron uh, spines on on the on the bass box, the mm -hmm. rumba box, that go doom 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 doom. Well, that comes from Cuba, right? In Cuba, they call that rumba box a marimbula, and 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 a lot of Jamaicans used to go to Cuba. When the capital of Cuba was Santiago, which is 90 miles from St. Anne's Bay, uh, you, you can you, you can look up um, you, you, from Jamaica to Cuba. If you if, if you are high enough in St. Anne's Bay, you can see Cuba. I have seen. Yeah, you know, it's only 90 miles. I know. I've seen, I I I used to look there. Yes, and, and a lot of Jamaicans used to go there to cut to cut cane. Right. And, and most of them, many of them did not come back. They learned Spanish, start a family, 
and a lot, some of my family still in Cuba, in that area, the Campbells. You know, so so a lot of them they bring back all this stuff, to bring back um, the, the the rumba box they call it to Jamaica, and a, a lot of a lot of people don't want to to uh, acknowledge that, but that is history. The marimbula in Cuba is a rumba box. They call it a rumba box because it was rumba music. Rumba music come from Africa, from Central Africa. So, 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 um, them call it the room of us because it had this, this, that very dance and they love that. And that affiliation of that African affiliation go to Cuba and come to Jamaica because, because the, 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 the it's in the DNA of the blood. <laughs> A lot of people yes. don't realize it. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I want to take you now to um, the great Lord of the Trombone, Dan Drummond, who is somebody I have tremendous admiration for. And you spoke very highly of Dan. Uh, yeah, well, well, Dan and I, um, we met in the... Uh, when Sonny Bradshaw asked me to <clears throat> put the band together, we had a from we, we, we had four trombones, trombone section. Um, now before that, no, before that, we are this uh, was after that. Um, there's a group called the Vivian Hall All Stars. So we're done play trombone. I played piano. Vivian played uh, trumpet. But the group was a, a, a nice hot little group. And, um, and what time period is that now, sir? What year? Are uh, we talking about uh, 60? No, that was 58. 58. Um, yeah, um, that little group. We, we played uh, quite a few gigs. And uh, first time I was aware of, of, of the, the unusual um, talent that Dan had was we playing, we're playing um, 12, 16 piece arrangements. Now, this is a little six-piece group. So you're talking about playing parts of four, three trumpets, three trombones, five saxes, and rhythm section. That's what the, the, the um, music mart and all these places used to sell these arrangements. And um, when, when you have six guys playing what 15 guys are supposed to be playing. Wow. And you, you, you're going to get Chinese music. The music went so like Chinese music because someone's missing, you know? So I, I was very curious to hear the trombone and trumpets playing so close to each other. It's like the trombone was a second trumpet. 
So I said to myself, no, but that's supposed to be this way, knowing uh, as an arranger. Mm -hmm. So when when we when we decided to take a break after a few numbers, I went across to the the, the, the trumpet stand first trumpet and then I see trombone stand and I see second trumpet. So there's no trombone part. So it just it dawned on me that Dan Drummer was transposing from bass clef to treble clef. Uh, uh, the trumpet plays one tone higher than the concert, the bass. So he has to convert that the double conversion in his mind, and then play it an octave higher. And some of the music was pretty fast, and 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 uh, it baffled me that night I couldn't sleep because I think with the, the, the accuracy with which Don Draman was playing, I, I couldn't, I put on my trombone for, for about a week. <laughs> Because I couldn't imagine that this guy could would have been doing a, a thing like that, transposing from bass to treble clef, and, and, and transposing it an octave higher, uh, uh, which means that your lips have got to be very good shape to stay with a trumpet in that register because trombone don't belong in that register really. Wow. So. Right, right away, I, I had a very strong respect for him from that. So I, I used to have um, a lot of conversation on music in general, and I, I would invite him to my own at Marion Road. He used to live at Hitchin Street, and, uh, about half an hour from walking distance from his gate to mine. So, um, he used to come across to the house quite regularly and we would practice. I played piano and, and, and we practice. And sometimes we were in the backyard, Coxton Park was right behind us. And uh, my mother my mother liked him too, you know, because he, was, he used to talk about his mother regularly. And as a matter of fact, I think that. Um, he, Don Drummond, a lot of people don't, didn't know that Drummond was also an insurance agent. He used to collect industrial insurance. Uh, and mostly for people people at a burial societies and all this kind of stuff. For when you die, you, uh, that's to bury you, so to speak. And he used to, he used to collect for British American. And one, he used to ride up, uh, fixed wheel bike, racing bike. And in one of his uh, collections, I think it was a Hunton Bakery red cart. He, he collided with one of his red cards and broke his shoulder bone and was admitted to Kingston Hospital. When he came out, which is a couple of weeks after, he went back to the yard where he lived and didn't see his mother. Like they must have come and uh, 
know, must have, I don't know, for some reason, rent or whatever. But when he finally found his mother, it wasn't, he wouldn't speak about it. But uh, he was a different person, completely different person. And uh, I took it to believe that he went into a depression with the loss of his, his, his um, mother in that environment. I think she used to take washing, you know, a, a lot of washing from different people. And um, he, he, uh, his depression with not getting enough out of the, what he put into music because he was way, way ahead. Um, with his execution and, uh, um, of music and, and his understanding of certain things. He wasn't making enough money to justify his input and with his depression with his mother, he started to behave completely differently because the next time I saw him was down King Street looking up at the building and they said he was there for three hours just looking up at this building. And, um, people started to scratch their heads about him. I, I mean, he was, at the time, uh, he, has, he, start, he had recorded again uh, for, for, for uh, Clement Dodd, but uh, the, the question you, 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 this was always a, a, a question in my mind that um, he used to bring an exercise book, carry it in his back pocket, had a blue cover. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a um, elementary school exercise book with the Queen's picture on the back and the Times table and, and, and uh, measurements and all this kind of stuff. But within the book, then the, the lines for penmanship and whatnot. Someone would take his, his pencil and draw the five lines for his base cliff and then he would write his melodies. And, he had that book chock full of stuff, new stuff, that uh, I'm pretty sure would have made an impression on Jamaican music had he not uh, gone in that direction. Uh, he showed me the book once I got to look at the book, and I, I always saw him with the book, but I never asked any questions after that. But I'm pretty sure he had stuff that he could have added to uh, Jamaican scam music that would have made it made a difference. Um, Coxon was um, very um, demanding in, in his, in, with his studio time and the money that he put into it. So he would assemble the group and say, we want to do this, 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 which he took from American recording stuff. And, and not no original stuff because he's not a musician, really. he's a producer. 
but but um, sometimes uh, he would ask for a, a thing from from Drummond to to make up the session. You know, if the session um, need fifteen minutes to to make up the hour, he would probably use one of um, Drummond's stuff. But other than that, he would demand all the student time be um, but he, he dictates. So most of the student time was taken up, his recording time was taken up with pre-recorded stuff by other artists that he just converted to Jamaican. Uh, so we going back before he built this studio, I think in 64, 63, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Before he built his studio. Yeah. No, well, well he, he didn't build it in the studio. That studio, that studio was um, a converted restaurant uh, uh, called, uh, what the name of it? But every, everybody that was anybody in, in nightlife in Jamaica or, or creative life used to eat at that restaurant and be the cook. Um, Trumpeter came back from Nassau and formed a, 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 a trio. And sometimes Ernie used to play here too. Um, I forgot the name of the club. Um, but anyway, um, that's a club where everybody met. And uh, he wanted Norman, who, who uh, was the musical director and you know, I used to take him there all the time uh, because he loved Curry Goat. And um, the Coxney eventually, uh, after they wound up that restaurant, because it wasn't making enough, it was very sophisticated, but it was not making enough money to stay open. Um, they sold it, and Coxon was one whose mother helped him get that together. Right, so that was a thing somewhere, 63, 64, because I know. Yeah, retirement, like, yeah. That I, like I, retirement road, yeah. Right, right. So I want to jump to um, Dr. No. You did some writing uh, for an Englishman who, uh, after you worked with him for a period of time, one night he just took off before sunset. <laughs> oh, yeah. If possible, the story. I don't want to talk about that too much. Huh? I, uh, it was a bad experience and it was a good experience because it, it taught me everything I know mm -hmm. about copyrights since then. Right. right. Um, yeah. Um, he, he, when I heard of, of um, them coming to Jamaica. And who were they again? So can you, for, for reference, uh, who were they? The guy you work with, because oh, of the Monty, his name is Monty. Monty, uh-huh. Monty Norman, yeah. Right. Um, they were working on a, a movie, I think. Yeah, yeah. He, he was, he was, he did the, the, the musical. Um, uh, uh, he was the field director for Doctor No, and he wrote the theme. As, right. a matter, as a matter of fact, when they came to Jamaica, I was into my uh, my other thing back. Like, commercials and stuff like that. And uh, I didn't pay any money until one 
Lyle called me up and say, uh, and the people from the movie want to meet you. Uh, they want to talk with you at Kodimana Hotel at five o'clock on Tuesday. So naturally, I'm curious and I, I, I went up there and um, saw this guy sitting on, on the, the other side of the bar. I ordered a beer and come came down to me and said, You guys not? I said, Yes. I said, Oh, my name wants to know. And right away, he's a jolly fellow, and huh? we struggled. And he, he said, Yeah, we, we, we're doing this movie, but we want to have original music from a Jamaican perspective. But everybody we talk to, we get the wrong answers. Um, well, we get the answers that don't, don't satisfy us. And somebody suggested that I talk with you. So um, I said, uh, uh, what is it you are you like I'm done? He said, well, the producers of the music, producers of the movie want of original Jamaican background music. And um, we whipped out a, a little wire notebook from his shirt pocket and said to me, uh, take a look at this. Uh, this is this when we team for the movie. So I looked at the um, Uh, the material and, and like started nodding my head. I said, hmm, this, this sounds good. See, I went to the musical terms, you know, you had a, a flooded fifth and, and, and the team going under it. Um, and, uh, I like that movement of the bass with, with so um, when I look at the bass good, I saw where it, that bass team was the, the, the bass team I think everyone had seen it before. So um, series. So you could but tell anyway. you could tell just by looking at it. Yeah, I go, yeah, I I, I uh, Music is my thing. So I looked at it and I said, I think everyone senior has been to this base park before. And he looked off into the distance now <laughs> with this guy. And, and, and he looked back at me now, like taking my head, like, mm -hmm. won't get away with it, you know, in, in, in that. So you think I should change the bass part? I said, yes. <laughs> so from then, um, I figured that this guy must have put me in a special thing in his head, you know. But we got along with, with other, other, other uh, things that he wanted to do. And he would bring me, every time we needed, give me a, uh, 
17 seconds, 24 seconds, 35 seconds. Uh, these, these are synopses that you want to, musical uh, background that you want to uh, get for a certain scene. Now, I found out after doing these things, I found out that the musical um, soundtrack um, is actually uh, what they call rushes. Is actually sent to the composer, and the composer will look at the scene, uh, which is already shot, and then compose. But this guy gave me the thing on paper, like a script, and said, "This is I need this for, for 13 seconds. I need this for," and I would, I would, and I said, "I'm not going to be there looking through at the Kingston Harbour and write some music that I heard being played later." By a Philharmonic Orchestra in London, <laughs> you know. And, uh, I, I remember one e the evening I invited him out because usually on, on Tuesday evenings uh, I, I I have a steak party. I used to have a steak party, steak and beer, and and. Uh, steak in beer, really. They used to soak the steak in the beer and season it and put it on the grill. And I used to have quite a few people come out and we chat all sorts of stuff about business. And I invited him to one of, of, of these, these um, shindigs, not shindig, but discussion. And he, he was out at um, Morgan's Harbor. And uh, the night I'm taking back, um, he says to me before he goes, hey, Carlos, um, why don't you let me see your scores? Um, because I want to make some changes. They, they did make some changes in, in the, the, the uh, script. And um, I want to make notes on your scores as to which direction to go. So I had 53 scores rolled up in a big um, package on the disc and handed in the scores. And that was the last I saw my music. <laughs> I, I took him to, to Margaret's Harbor. And, and I said, well, I'll pick you up tomorrow morning to go to the studio to do some more recording. And uh, I went for him. Uh, I think it was 7 o'clock because I wanted to stop at Rockford Mineral Bath and introduce him to that. And then go to breakfast into the studio. And I went into his, his room and I heard the vacuum cleaners and two girls cleaning out the room. So I said, um, where, where is the occupant of this room, Mr. Norman? He said, we don't know, sir. Um, they, just, they just told us to clean up this room. And I went into ask the front desk. I went to the front desk and, and asked, um, where's Mr. Norman? Did you move him to another room? He said, no, sir. He checked over at 4 o'clock. And he's on the BOAC plane to London. <laughs> right away. <laughs> right away. But he really had Robin on his breath, rubbing you in his DNA. Oh, yeah. Well, the very answer. I, I don't know 
because I started thinking back after that. Um, I, I had recorded the introduction to, to the first song of the, two, of, of the movie um, called Tree Blind Mice. Um, I had recorded that and the band, and I'm calling your name, could not execute the rest of the stuff that I had in mind. And I recorded that and I recorded uh, Jump Up, Jump Up. But there's uh, some other music that, 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 that I wrote that I, I had selected members of the, the Jamaica military band to play. And uh, for some reason, it, it was canceled. Uh, without my knowledge. And um, I had already recorded the, the, the Dreamline Mice with Margaret Thomas, who did a lot of commercials for me, beautiful words. Uh, and I thought that was also the way. And they replaced that one one in a night session, I don't know when, but I heard another male voice in it. And I know the guys in this band, selected band that was split, that replaced the military band, men that I selected. Um, I know that they could not execute it. So so I think Norman got a good talk into my, the whole political situation into the picture, that who's going to do this and who's going to do that. And, uh, I realized now looking back at it that, that Norman said, well, well, this is good music. I, I would have to get this done in London. So I, I, I can't accuse him of, well, Everything stands for itself. The music was God. And I didn't get any credit for it. I had to sue, not but I reported it to, to uh, What was the outcome? Did you sue them? I, 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 I reported it to, to my, my office, uh, Tony Spalding, who was, was uh, active as my lawyer. And PJ was in the same, uh, PJ Patterson was in the same chambers. Mm -hmm. And they uh, stopped all the Dr. No equipment on, on the wharf of um, Kingston, which was supposed to, equipment that they already used, supposed to go back to England, right? It was um, to, to Miami, to the, um, some, some other show was waiting on the equipment anyway. But, they said, uh, the government said to them, no more doctor, no shooting or anything until you settle this matter. And, and uh, they called me in, uh, lawyer's office, and that's when I met uh, Saltzman of Saltzman and Bokoli, who were pretty producers of the Gap Poppy on James Bond series. And this big fat guy with a big checkbook in his pocket, Gap Poppy, and say, is this the guy? When, when I walked in, he said to the lawyer, is this the guy? 
So I, 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 I said nothing. Because the, uh, he said it in, in such a manner that, as if to say, this is the guy that stopped all my production and holding up my thing and costing more money. And my lawyer said, no, the lawyer, the other lawyer, whatever called their name. Um, asked me to wait outside. And um, the, the lawyer that represented me, Dory um, Thompson, was 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 then um, the head of the, the chambers that uh, host these junior lawyers that come up from from England. Well, this guy was. was that, that he sent me with. He was being bullied by the other lawyer, the doctor no lawyer. And anyway, after waiting for a few minutes, they called me in and, and my lawyer said, read the document and, and to sign this. So I said, just like that? He, he said, no, he whispered to me, no, wait, we'll come back and take care of the rest. And I signed the document. Got an amount of money to pay for the artists that I used, mm -hmm. just to satisfy them. And uh, waited until they came back. Did they come back and look at the document and said, No, no, no. You signed a general release. You can't touch these people again. That's when I realized that everything that I put into the movie was gone. And um, I couldn't see that, that, that movie for almost a year. Because every time- It was a it, successful movie, right? The very first one, right? Oh yeah. yeah it was it, the, the- Million dollars. I got the check on it and he said, in three months, it was translated into over 25 languages because it was all over um, Asia and uh, places like that. that and, and you would have gotten paid every time that thing showed. Even now, every time it showed you, you would get paid. If, if you have been um, passed through the, the regular channels of, of um, creating stuff for movies. So, so um, after all years, you know, I said to myself, you know, if I got that money, I wouldn't be sitting here now because I wouldn't have the, the, the wisdom to use it properly. Mm -hmm. So, so um, I take it as a, as a lesson. Yes, sir. A, a very sad one, but you learn from it. Yeah. yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the members of the Afro-Jamaican rhythms that you formed in Jamaica? Oh, well, uh, these are all guys from Alpha, uh, Alpha Boys School. The music department was excellent. You know, um, people like um, Mr. Toro who turned over to Lenny Hibbert. Um, uh, these are people from military band. An Alpha Boy School is like a filter school of trained musicians uh, to take the position of absentees in, in the military band 
really absent for vacation or there's somebody to fill your seat that knows the, the classical rector because mm -hmm. these guys uh, and their mothers or whoever it is left them at Alpha from the 13 years old. And when they reach 18, you're, you're, you're into some kind of craft or music. And, and these, these guys come into my, that, that, that I select from my band, were either from Serban or Alpha. But they've been playing Bach and Beethoven and Bojack and everything else. Um, they read music at a newspaper. And, and that's what I need for, for my stuff because all my stuff is written. You know? um, Perhaps one of the few bands in Jamaica at the time, right? That had sheet music. Oh, oh yeah. Well, no. Not yet. There, there were other, there were other bands. Lynn Tate was an excellent musician. Sheet music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, and and, uh, and uh, Granville Williams. Mm -hmm. And his orchestra. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, there were quite, quite a few. But, but these guys uh, had music and, and good expression in jazz. And uh, people. Well, Boris came in, Boris Gardner came into the band. He was a singer, really, but I had been called him a singer. Uh, but he uh, could get around on a guitar. So I, I, I eventually, when Audley Williams, who was the original bass player, left for, for Canada, uh, I, I put a bass in Boris, and Boris has a musical brain. And he, he eventually was able to master it. Winston Turner and Trump, excellent first trumpeter. And Carl Bryan. And, uh, Sparrow Martin, especially. Yes. Uh, who who is, he's now director of Alpha Boys. Right. But uh, he knows his way around on brass instruments and plays an excellent trumpet. <laughs> I can remember the, the character of the, of the band changing um, a recording that is when Sparrow came in. Um, and from the first rehearsal, I, I, could hear, I could hear the difference and the bite of brass because I, I realized that Sparrow um, was actually Barring the, the uh, first trumpet part from Winston Turner and make notes, and when we came back, he was he was playing the first trumpet part and drums, but keeping the rhythm going. So every time the first trumpet part played, you'd hear that slap, you know that that pushed the note even further, and and Sparrow was doing what. Um, there's a guy named Sonny Payne used to do with, with, with Combasi. You know, every time you hear the brass bite, you hear, the, you hear that coming out of the drum section too. And, and it, it lifts the, the, the whole spirit of, of the music, you know. And, and that's what Sparrow did for, for the band. But all, the, all the, the guys of the band, I used to use the band as a workshop. And, and I, I used to, 
anyone that wanted to learn anything about music, I used to share share with them mm -hmm. unselfishly. Right. I know you did some work with Cedric Iam Brooks. Was he around at the time or when you relocated to um US? No, Cedric Brooks, um, he, he was with me in Nassau also. Oh, you, and, you, and, you and, 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 Yeah, and, and he, um, when I did some recordings in, in San Diego, using musicians from the University of San Diego and Southern California, um, Brooks were one of the, the musicians I, I took. Uh, I used some musicians from Jamaica to form um, a group called the, the Zimbabwe 20 Piece Band All Stars. And I, I, I did, I, did uh, I think it was 24 recordings with them. Brooks was done that mm -hmm. and did some excellent work. I, as a matter of fact, um, I, I can I have intention of sending you a couple of, of um, rec recordings of that. Yeah, please do. Uh, and um, some some of my commercials. Yes, wonderful, wonderful. I can email them to you. Yes. Uh huh. So your point of the first point of entry, port of entry, when you came to America, was it California? Because I know you lived out here for a while. You even taught in um, San Diego. Yeah, uh, no, my, my point of entry coming back um, was, was Florida and then to New York, and then to New York, uh, and, and then back to Florida, <laughs> and then to California, <laughs> back to Florida. <laughs> you know, I, I, um, I, I realized that um, I, I just go where where the um, where the spirit carries me because yes. um, we are just spiritual beings having a human experience. <laughs> I second that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You if you follow your spirit, you yes. Uh, you, you know you, you know what is, is the trouble with life? B U T. The word but. Your spirit come and tell you something, but and then here comes the but it mess you up. <laughs> if you had followed your spirit in the first time, you would be you'll be along your way. So true, so true, Carla, so true. I um your education. You uh, became a professor, right, in San Diego. Tell us about your education. No, well, well. <laughs> People, people regard me as such. But my, my education started in music. It's a journey. Started from I registered with um, uh, the extension of, of, of Chicago University, and through the years, um, my reading in music, reading up on music, and 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 musicians and the whole essence of it as, as a language led me eventually to um, to, to, to do a, a bachelor's 
uh, in, in um, Cincinnati with, with a minor in music. And everybody that I that I encountered, um, I had deep conversations regarding music with, and it, and um, could not imagine that me at a certain age would have had such thoughts regarding just music, musicians, and life, and the, the, the creative process. Um, and not everybody, most of the most of the people that I've met in music, should be uh, um, carpenters or cab drivers or something else. Amen. Not even just wasn't their thing. Uh, most people get into music because they want to be on stage and all and, and get girls and uh, that, that's not that's not what it's for. And 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 the the the. the the musician, the real musician, is, is, is a selected being uh, to express a language that that um, other people that are not uh, of that comprehension would regard as because they can't get anything um, physical out of it. Uh, 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 the, they miss, the, they miss the message and have the ladder on the wrong building. What a magnificent word to me, too, I say. Because when, when, you, when you reach to the level that you think you ought to be and you look around, you say, no, but this is not where I wanted to go. And something says to you, you see, all that climbing is, it, is this where you really want to go? Uh, and you, you miss your location. And most people, you, you, you cannot select your destiny. Your destiny selects you. You are just an instrument. Mm -hmm. Your spirit is an instrument. And, 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 and if you can look at life that way and, mm -hmm. and take to the first inkling of anything, following your spirit, better off. Well, following the spirit. Yeah. That's why when, when in Jamaica, I used to live alone in, in some some places where I can think. Because that's I, important. I, I, I never had a telephone for somebody to pick up and say, well, <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? I, 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 I don't, I, I didn't know why I, I didn't tell anybody that, um, don't bother me. I don't have time for that, no. But if you're going to visit with me, you're going to drive a long way to find out that I'm not home or something like that. So you have to call to tell me when you're coming. And that was deliberate on your part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and this is why I'm the one found me. I, I, I can get my act together and go anywhere I want to. As a matter of fact, they contacted me from Melbourne, Australia, and sponsored me down there to a university to do some lectures. Right. Wonderful. Wonderful. Tell us a little bit about your books. So hopefully we can generate some um, interest and perhaps keep it. Where are the availability and the title again? So I, I neglected to write down the title of the book. 
Well, no, well, I have I have a couple of books to come, you know. Uh-huh. But, but, um, Who come the one you have out? How many you have? The, this one, no, no, this is the only the, the only published one so okay, far. So that was my question. Can you uh, put it on display or tell us about it so I we can encourage yeah. uh, our listeners and viewers to um, check it out? Yes. Um, the, the, I can uh, see it in the background. Yeah. Oh, you see it in the background. Yes. Right. The, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, well, well um, it was written a few years ago. Yes. Uh, but, and and I've, I've had uh, very, um, very commendable and, and, and um, encouraging response from academic sources because not only did I in language um, say what I wanted to say, but I also said it in musical notation, you know? So, yes. so I'm not guessing or, 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 or transferring to them something that somebody told me. Right. I, I, have, a comp- I have a comprehension of, of what I, 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 of the history. And, and I chronicled it um, according to my own life because I was part of it. Yes. I, and, and I could show how uh, certain things came into fruition mm-hmm. by, by demonstrating musically. You, mm-hmm. you could carry this book into any uh, classroom of a, a college university and have somebody play the piano while, while somebody else lectures lecture uh, about it and and have the complete comprehension of what um, the book was all about. Right. You know, I feel catastrophically to write down the title. Can you tell us what is the title? Yes. Uh, the, the title, I want to get this right. <laughs> Because it's a long time. Yes, I'm presently in conversation with the great Carlos Malcolm. He's been there from the beginning, born in Panama, raised in Jamaica. He has traveled extensively around the world, lived, even lived here at one point in uh, Southern California, taught at San Diego. Mr. Carlos. Been yeah. there, done that. <laughs> yeah. the, the, on, on the title, on the, the, the cover of the book, it says Carlos Malcolm, a yes. personal history of post-war Jamaican music, New Orleans jazz blues to reggae, mm-hmm. edited by Mike Jarrett. Yes, sir. Uh, can you hold it up for the um, for the viewers? Yes. Mm-hmm. And where is it available? Perhaps a most. Oh. Yeah, availability. Yeah, it's, it's available at uh, Amazon.com. All right. Just type in Carlos Marco, Amazon.com, Carlos Marco, mm-hmm. music. Right. Um, and and it's, it's going to be available on my website. Mm-hmm. Um, Carlos Malcolm 
music at yeah so just call us malcolm music call us malcolm music and, and they'll find it right mm -hmm. yeah. so so uh, my last question, Eric has some questions for you before we bring him in from the fans. What happened uh, after Skia? We haven't heard very much from you when Skia evolved into Rocksteady. Where were you at that time? At that time, I went into educational music. Educational. I, I developed, and that's, an, that's another of my publications that's going to be um, coming up. Mm -hmm. um, it is called Back, um, B-A-K. Is that a, a part of a word? No, B-A-K, two, um, digit two, A6, B-A-Y, uh, digit six, back to B6.com. Um, this um, series teaches children to think critically using music as the vehicle for information. Music is the language of children. Uh, they, they, they learn anything through music. Rap music will tell you that. You play a rap song for a kid three times and he got everything. Mm. including the lyrics, which are usually bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, 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 but the music um, conveys the lyrics. So what I, I do, I give, give them the music. I create songs mm -hmm. um, with education material in them. So they learn the music and the education material, those secondary, when you're learning, by the time you reach into fifth and sixth grade, you know your times tables and the eight parts of speech in the English language. Interesting. No, I, I, and those will be published? Uh, well, well, publication is coming up. I, I, um, I, I as a matter of fact, I'm looking for um, a partner to um, to present it in the language of today. Mm -hmm. um, they, 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 I don't want to. I, I don't want to. Um, I want to animate it in in the language of today to to make even younger kids, because we want to get them between four, uh, pre-first pre grade into fifth grade. I know with this, with this structure, I had my four-year-old um, daughter doing her eight times tables, uh, just every day. Uh, when we get into the car, yeah, I, 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 when I when I am dropping off the old the, the older ones to, to um, school, as we get in the car and close the door, two one to two, two two to four, and we go right up to twelve. Musical note. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, and and um, and the eight pastor speech. You didn't know them. They didn't know them inside out. Nouns, verbs, nouns, pronouns, verbs, adverbs, adjectives, and three shuns: conjunctions, preposition, interjection, and all that is in music. So, so when they start writing and their own creative process takes place, these things are in the background, waiting for them and. Uh, and, and they're able to express themselves properly without any problems. Wow. Uh, because um, it's a game played by those who are in control, that they want to keep you ignorant and, and obedient. And they have succeeded to a great extent, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we had, we've had to pay the price enormously. But um, uh, uh, thank you for your time, sir. Uh, we have to do this again, Carlos. I kid you not. <laughs> um, Eric, has, uh, our producer and good friend, has some questions Hi, from Carlos. fans that he wants to, um, yes. of course, ask. Carlos, great to see you. I, mm -hmm. I've, I've enjoyed this uh, interview so much, and it's an honor and a privilege and a pleasure uh, to see you and, and, and speak with you. Um, and Junior, thank you. Um, you know, I, I've, I've long time been um, fascinated and amazed by the connection between Cuba and Jamaica. So to hear you talk about that connection and, um, you know, with kind of the, with, with the Roomba box tie-in and, and um, the similarities between Minto and, and, and Cuban music is fascinating. And um, so thank you for sharing that. Um, and as Junior pointed out, this was one of the highlights of, of my career working with you, meeting <laughs> um, Fred Campbell, and um, that was such a great time. Uh, and speaking of, of that concert that, that took place, um, did, did the Afro-Cuban, uh, sorry, the Afro-Jamaican Rhythms do a series of shows when you were living out here in California? Like how, how frequent did you perform? I, I did a few performances in, uh, in San Diego, mm -hmm. uh, very nice, uh, very nice and, and active responses. Uh, but I did quite a bit of recording, uh, which for some reason over the years have been held up um, for some reason with the producers, but I eventually um, uh, have had the permission to release them. Right. And, and um, I'm putting together a program now and, um, to, to get them on YouTube and, and places like that and my own, my own site. Okay. I, I'm going to send you some of some, some Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd love to hear that. And, and you'd referenced earlier as well the um, Zimbabwe's King Kingston Orchestra, which, which I loved. Uh, I had a, I think it was a two-song CD that had "Knock Me a Kiss" and and oh Bed yeah yeah Bedbug. So that was with um that was with uh, Bob Way, right? Uh, he went yeah, right, Bob, right, right, Bob Way. Right. Yeah, yeah. So so you said that was a was a twenty piece orchestra? Yeah, yeah twenty piece. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'd love to hear more of those recordings as well. Um, yeah, and, and I think it was around that time that we also 
met and worked with Cedric out here, Cedric Brooks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, he was on he was on those recordings. Uh, all right. Any other any other other of your contemporaries or, or most of them modern day players? No, Plutus uh, 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 um, Shervington. Right. Okay. So he had to move. Here. Was he living out here in Southern California? No, I, I had to fly them in. Oh, you fly them yeah. in. Um, and, um, to, to, um, who else was there? Carlos Washington. Okay. To, to books. Myself. Then Fred Camber was on drones. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but then I know some really powerful musicians down in San Diego. Um, I think uh, Chris, that goes by the name Duke Duke Duel. Oh, he was on there as well. yeah. Eh. yeah. No, that's, uh, Chris, a young Weiss, um, San Diego-based musician. He, he's an artist, a visual artist. He goes by the name Duke Duel. Um, I think he also played on that. Yeah, he was a young at the time. He was really young. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. No, lo looking forward to hearing more of that. And then. Um, uh, Question that came up to, um, you know, author um, Heather Augustin, who has spoken with you oh, yeah. out of the Midwest. She, she's written some really excellent books on um, Jamaican music and ska. Um, I just finished reading her um, book, Operation Jump Up. And so, so, and this might, this might be a silly question, but I'm curious to have your take on it is if, if you were to do, if it was up to you right back, back in the day, would you have done anything different about the Operation Jump Up, you know, Jamaica's mission to promote ska around the world? Would you have Would you have done anything different? Whether and it's an open-ended question, whether it was different musicians or singers, or, or just a, just a different plan of attack? I'm curious. Yeah, the first thing I I would do is remove politics. Right. With politics, you get a different set of players. Good point. And not not necessarily original. Right. Or even the best. Or, or the best. Mm -hmm. uh, so so uh, th that would be my first uh, consideration or approach. Because mm -hmm. uh, you, you, you get a, a lot of material that have been appropriated, uh, presented by people who were not the originators. Right. Yes. Interesting. Do you, do you feel... How do you think the response went? Or how, how was the response? Well, well uh, I think that the response to Jamaican music is because of the 8 to 12 bar, um, the 8 to 12 bar blues context in which the music is produced. Because uh, all, all this music has been uh, preceded by by a whole host of uh, of people from boogie woogie to yeah. uh, uh, backbeat music of of of, um, of southern United States, mm -hmm. and and this is where reggae uh, um, this is where ska originated. 
and scar slowed down to rock steady and eventually coming into reggae. It all goes back to eight to 12 bar blues right. that, that context. Yes, and the infectious nature of that. Hmm? And how infectious that sounds. Oh, yes, oh, yes. I mean, uh, as people, it's written in 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 the the social DNA of <laughs> of people around the world. Right. They, 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 they can they can whenever you you um, approach that context of heavy light heavy light. Everybody knows that 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 railway railway engine chug and you you carry it to Moscow and that's the feel the feel that groove and and that that is the 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 essence and longevity of of all music right so in speaking of a powerful composition. You might be most known for Bonanza Sky, and that was a tune that I played all the time on my radio show uh, that I used to have. Talk about talk about that composition. Well, the the the, the origin of stuff and how stuff comes into being is so much different from the rumors, you know. Our <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, when Andreska came in, into, into being, although I, I considered it um, in the back of my head, by what my guitarist Trevor Lopez saying to me, you know, Carlos, because there, there, there was a rivalry going on between my band and, and the other band in Jamaica. And, and he came to me and said, I hear that. And, 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 and I know he was sort of um, edging, edging me on to do it. I, I hear that they were going to record that too, because that was the biggest thing in Jamaica then in, in the 60s with, with um, Bonanza and Lon Green, yeah. whatever it is, uh, every Friday night. Um, all years were on Bonanza. And, uh, um, Eventually, he said to me, you know, I can never record it next week. So, to get a jump and everything, I went, I, I usually do this, and nobody knows this, and I, I hardly say it to anybody. I, I excuse myself, I go to the men's room, and I sit down there with my manuscript, and I chat about, about stuff. <laughs> And I come back to the bandstand. <laughs> everybody reads. So, so if there are any mistake, it's on me. I make sure everything is right. I put it down. And I come for our army. I let them segue, segue into this. The first time they played Bonanza was a segue. They were playing a scout um, set. And I put on the Bonanza. Not the, the version you hear, but mostly uh, in unison. Uh, we record changes, and I, I had them to um, segue from uh, the, the, what they were playing into Manantuska, and the place tore down. Everybody was jumping, 
So within three days, I was in the studio. Wow. With, with, with the version that you heard. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, to this day, it remains one of my favorites. It's just... Um, it's on practically every SCA compilation. Yes. Um, yeah. comes out of, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, well, it's... It, that's, a, that's another lesson. Of you're compensated. You're properly compensated. So in Jamaica. But, but... And, and this is still open to, 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 to legal... Um, um, uh, interpretations and I don't know what's going to come out of it eventually, but it went to it went to London, not from, by appropriation. It went to London, uh, and the people in London uh, eventually. Uh, Passed it on to some other people, and it was all over you. Wow. And those royalties, I, I never did get. Any. Oh no, really? All over Europe, all over Europe. Right. And um, up to now, we're trying to find out how we got to London. Yeah. Oh well. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, because right now we're the biggest company, university, international, and Troy has it. Everybody has it. Right, right, right. Yeah. But that's by and large the case with Jamaican music, right? Yeah. Overall. Yeah, yeah. Um, final question, Carlos. Um, you still keep in touch with a lot of your. Um, uh, contemporaries like you had early oh, yeah. Oh, you, yeah. you mentioned earlier Owen Gray obviously you worked with them early on Ranglin you still talk to them oh yes oh yes mm -hmm. um, uh, everybody knows where I am they know how to reach me right and and, and, and um, I, I call them and Freddie I, I have a um, uh, regular relationship with Freddie right. yeah but please give Fred our best yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. I'll do that. And where yeah. is he living now? So is he still out here in California? Who? Is Fred still out here in California? Uh, no, no. Fred, Fred is um, down in um, near Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we we, we look forward to um, to uh, more uh, amazing work from you. Obviously, you mentioned the education piece. Um, We'll continue to uh, to make sure to spread the word on on, on your book. Uh, thank you for all your contributions to to the music that we love so much, and and uh, it's really been a pleasure and an honor to have you and speak with you. Um, we thank we thank your your family for uh, for helping with this, um, and I've just I, I've thoroughly enjoyed myself and, and have have a lot of love and admiration and respect for you. So it, it, please, thank please. you, thank you. Yes, pleasure was mine. Yes, sir. Well. <laughs> I want to say thanks again, Carlos. I won't repeat what Eric said. He has nothing to add to that. It was well stated. But I'm going to urge our followers and viewers and listeners to follow us at History of LSK on Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and join our Facebook group. And please follow me, Junior Francis. And uh, the series is produced by a good friend here, Eric Kohler, for Rocker Radio. And don't forget, the book is on Amazon.com. Amazon.com. So yes, yes. All right. Amazon. And, and, and Carlos, you're active on on Facebook as well. 
Yes, man. So, yeah. so we, encourage our, uh, we encourage our listeners and yes. viewers to uh, check you out online and and, uh, mm -hmm. um, and obviously find find your work as well. Um, and, and this is obviously this interview could have gone on, uh, you know, for for many hours. But <laughs> we, we do, but we do that's, wish you uh, the happiest of holidays as well and a, and a safe New Year's. Well, that's why I'm recommending. Uh, I'm saying a, 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 a part two. There we go. <laughs> oh, especially when your books are released. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. Please leave the door open. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Carlos, all the best to you. All the best to you also. Wonderful. All right. Thank you all um, for listening and watching. And uh, Junior, amazing yeah, host and as always. Yeah, please follow us at um, follow Eric uh, Rockery underscore radio and Instagram for fresh rock, rhythm and soul, and Jamaican music inspired films that comes out practically daily, right? Yes, sir. Wow. All right. Thank you both. Be well and much love. Same to you. All right. Bye bye. <laughs>